You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another disappointed episode of the Assembly Call, as today your Indiana Hoosiers fall in the Big Ten Tournament semifinal 80-77 to to Iowa in a game that Indiana really controlled throughout and took a nine-point lead uh, with about five minutes to go in the second half. But the defense that had been so strong and so connected and so tight for the vast majority of the game really let Indiana down um, at the end of the game as Iowa was able to uh, come back by getting a bunch of wide-open threes between Keegan Murray and Jordan Bohannon. Now, obviously, the story of the game, the highlight of the game that we're going to have to frickin' watch for years and years and years now uh, when we see Big Ten tournament highlights was the banked-in three-pointer by Jordan Bohannon, who did it again to Indiana. We've seen other Indiana-Iowa games end in almost the same fashion with him just throwing up a bunch of threes and making them. Um, but you tip your cap to him. He got two open ones, nailed it. And I don't know about you, but on that final possession, I was just saying out loud to myself, not Bohannon, not Bohannon, not Bohannon. And as soon as he got it, I just kind of thought it was going in. Uh, and even though he banked it in and it's a shot that he's only going to make 1% of the time, Indiana put themselves in a position where a lucky shot could beat them uh, by just not playing good enough defense down the stretch and not having enough good offensive possessions as we'll talk about. So the loss drops Indiana 20 and 13 on the season. I think most everybody expects that Indiana did enough by beating Illinois to make the NCAA tournament. But now we will wait and see. Do they make it? Are they in the play-in game? What is the seed? Uh, we will await uh, tomorrow's selection show. But this was a big missed opportunity for Indiana uh, in, in a game that felt all too familiar down the stretch as the Hoosiers drop it. I'm your host, Jared Morris. I'm here with Ryan Phillips. I believe Andy Bottoms will be joining us a little bit later, and we're going to break it all down for you on this edition of the Assembly Call IU Postgame Show. And let's start this show the way that we start every show, and that is with our Hoosier Proud Banner moment. And I think, you know, there's only one place to go, really, and it is Trace Jackson Davis's breakaway dunk uh, with about five minutes left that put Indiana up 67 to 58. Uh, you know, Iowa had had gotten it really close. You know, it was 53-52 going back and forth, uh, and Indiana went on a big spurt. It was keyed by Miller Kopp uh, hitting a couple of threes and really having probably one of his best stretches of offense and defense of the entire season. But it was punctuated by Trace Jackson Davis, and Trace Jackson Davis was phenomenal today. You know, in a game where Jordan Bohannon hit the big shots and Keegan Murray uh, was a really special, Trace Jackson Davis was the best player on the court. He had 31 points, 10 boards. Uh, two blocks, 15 of 21 from the field. He was as confident um, and consistently active throughout a game when he played 38 minutes uh, as we've seen him. You know, like everybody, the defense fell apart a little bit there toward the end. Uh, but what we saw from Trace today was a continuation of what we've seen from him ever since the second half of the Michigan game, which is the five best halves of basketball that he's played as a Hoosier on both ends of the court. It's the most varied offensive game you've seen from him. It's the most, cons most consistent defense that you've seen from him, and it's the best rebounding that you've seen from him uh, as he you know, did everything he could to put this team and this program on his shoulders to take it somewhere that it's never gone uh, since he's been a Hoosier and even before. Um, and again, we all expect uh, that Indiana will make the NCAA tournament and it will be well-deserved. Uh, and Trace Jackson Davis will be leading Indiana there. And he had another terrific game today. Unfortunately, it just wasn't quite enough uh, to get Indiana the victory to move on to the Big Ten tournament final. But 
he was awesome. Uh, and that moment, the breakaway dunk, you know, really, you know, I tweeted out at the time, 67-58, Indiana in control. And they were in control. They just gave gave it back like two possessions later, unfortunately, um, and allowed Iowa to take it right back from them. And we will break down all the reasons why here as we move forward with this show. All right. Our banner moment, as always, brought to you by our friends at Homefield Apparel, now in their fifth season of sponsoring the Assembly Call and their first as the presenting sponsor for the Back Home Network. As I know you know, Homefield has the largest collection of vintage IU apparel that you will find anywhere. They have beloved logos like the Bison and so many other old school logos that they have pulled out of the dusty archives and breathed new life into. They do it for IU. They've done it for colleges across the country because they have 130, 140 different colleges in their catalog. They're getting ready to release UCLA, or they already have. They've released a bunch of traditional college basketball powers. Uh, So you should go to their website, homefieldapparel.com. Certainly look at the Indiana items, but also browse, because if you have fans of other college teams in your life, you're going to be able to find something great for them there. All the materials are comfortable. The colors last through many washings, and you're supporting an Indiana-based company that came up through Kelly. Go to homefieldapparel.com. Use our promo code HOME to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code HOME for 15% off. Once again, the website, homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. Okay, it is time to move the ball, find the open man, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team. And we will go to Ryan. Ryan, your opening thoughts on this very disappointing Indiana loss. Yeah, look, the effort was there all day. I, I think you can't knock the effort. You can't knock what the kids tried to do. I mean, as you mentioned, Trace Jackson Davis are great. And also third game in three days. So, I mean, there's some leeway for what happened late. You know, Same for maybe Iowa. they were just – what? Same for Oh, Iowa. I know. I, I know. I'm just saying, like, you know, whatever. Guys handle that differently. But um, you're up, as you said, 67-58 with 529. Iowa had 58 points with 529 to go and finished with 80. They scored 22 points in the last, essentially the last five minutes of the game because they they still had 58 until 447. So in the last 447, they scored 22 points. Indiana fell apart defensively. I mean, there's no other way to look at this. I mean, Trey Galloway made some terrible decisions defensively. Uh, he really did not have a good game. I mean, I, we love Trey Galloway around these parts, but he had a terrible basketball game. Uh, one of the worst he's had this year, I thought. Um, made some terrible fouling decisions. Really passed up, you know, opportunities to drive and, and take the ball in. He made some bad passes. Just whatever. That's not that's not what I want to focus on. But um, what happened late was there are two guys on the floor. You cannot leave open from three. Absolutely cannot leave Bohannon or Keegan Murray open for three. And Indiana through miscommunication, through guys just not fighting through screens and not fighting through cuts, and again fatigue maybe I don't know. Uh, basically just left them wide open and they they each hit a couple threes late. And if, if, if Bohannon doesn't hit a few of those threes late, he doesn't have the confidence to take that 35-footer and step into it. He's just kind of going to look to chuck something up. But he, he sort of stepped into that shot. And yeah, it's a prayer and it banked in. But you let him get comfortable in the game late. And you had a nine-point lead. And we talked about it all year, this team finishing. And they finished against Michigan. And they finished against uh, Illinois yesterday. But this has been an issue all year is they would have leads late. They had a lead against Iowa on the road late and fell apart. And, and they did fall apart tonight. I mean, there's the, today. There's no other way to put that to, to discuss this is yeah. that they they completely collapsed late on both ends. And the defense is usually there for them. You know, opponents are going to score occasionally. The defense is usually the backbone and it's the offense where they fail. Defensively, they just fell apart. I mean, they absolutely did. They lost the two guys they had to pay attention to. They lost, let them go off. 
and and Iowa won it. And and credit to Iowa for taking advantage of what was essentially bad defense late, leaving guys wide open, and they just kept knocking in threes. And you can you can there's there's a lot of nitpicking you can do about the you know IU not hitting shots earlier or whatever, but it doesn't matter. You came down, you were up nine with five minutes left, and you lost. And you only have to look at yourself for that. Honestly, you're up nine with five minutes left. That's a game you should win. And he, and he didn't. So again, we've seen this a lot this year. Yeah. And, and look, you know, and even if you want to say, you know, well, Hey, you know, some great shooters got hot in Murray and Bohannon and they did, you know, but that is a, it, it's a big issue is that, you know, we can get the biggest stat of the game out of the way. Iowa goes 14 of 32 from downtown. Indiana goes five of 19. And I just, I kept thinking the whole game and I thought this coming in, you know, this game was played at Indiana's pace for about 35 minutes. And like you said, Iowa just exploded with points. But, you know, you probably weren't going to beat Iowa without scoring 75, 80 points. And Indiana got to 77, which is pretty good output. But they just left too many makeable shots on the court. And the difference right now between Iowa and Indiana is really pretty simple. It's that Iowa makes open shots and Indiana doesn't make enough of them. And we saw that today. You know, Murray can step out and hit him. Now, he's not going to go eight for 10 every game. But he's capable of doing that. We know what Bohannon, you know, has done done to us in the past. And Indiana just had opportunities at the beginning of the game, in the middle of the game, and late in the game to step up and make shots. To Miller Cop's credit, you know, the two threes that he hit were huge, especially given the fact that he hadn't made anything all game. But, you know, Parker Stewart goes over two. Trey Galloway puts up three three-pointers, you know, and doesn't make them. Um, and, you know, X, I think he made his first couple of them and wasn't able to make them after that. And it just makes the game so much harder when you can't make outside shots because Indiana dominated in the paint, you know, race and trace both had a good game. X did a good job of getting in the lane and, and getting to the free throw line. He made all eight of his free throws, but as you advance farther and farther in tournaments, the degree of difficulty goes up and you have to be able to make shots. You just do, you know, and Indiana wasn't able to do that. And when you're facing an opponent like Iowa that can get hot and did get hot, it's going to bury you. And today it buried Indiana um, you know, and that, that's a disappointment. Um, you know, there, there's, you know, I, I was thinking, I guess we can hit a, a meaningful moment here right away. You know, Ryan, when it's 67 to 58, Indiana, you know, they're going down, they've got the ball then with a chance to extend the lead and kind of build on the momentum. And Xavier Johnson, who was awesome today, you know, he was great again, 20 points, nine assists, you know, one steal. He set the tone early as Indiana jumps out to that 15 to three lead. He was really good all game long, you know, and when it's 75-71 and Indiana desperately needs a bucket, he goes, or 77-73 maybe, he goes in, gets fouled, makes the two free throws, you know, to give Indiana some more life. But, you know, I thought he, on that possession, he threw a really lazy post entry into Trace that got knocked away and Iowa gets it. They get the turnover. They go down and hit a three, 67-61. And it's like, you know, that right there possessions like that are the difference between this being a great team and being a good team because you have a chance to really bury an opponent and continue momentum. And what we've seen from Indiana is sometimes they just relax mentally. It's not that they're not playing hard. They just relax mentally in those moments and will make a careless turnover like that. It gives the other team life. And again, I was good enough offensively to go take advantage of it. And that really seemed to set the tone for the next few minutes. You know, where then they just, they weren't, and we've seen this before, Indiana just unable to get good shots in those key moments. Um, you know, and X does finish with four turnovers, Indiana, only 10 as the team. Um, but I just thought that, that possession, that moment, you got to get a good shot, extend that momentum and Indiana just, and what happens throughout the, the 
they went down and hit a three. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. No, I know. I mean, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's the problem is, is yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the problem is when you don't put your foot on an opponent, you continue to give them life and they're just one or two threes away from being right back in the game. And that's what happened. And unfortunately, on Indiana's end, when they would get on a little run, the biggest thing that's been missing from this team this year is being able to hit that three to punctuate it, to take a seven point run to a 10 point run, you know, and same thing again, you know, outside of those big threes by Miller cop, Indiana just wasn't able to make those. And yes, you lose a game like this and it does come down to more than shooting, but on a day like today, I'm not sure the difference in shooting has ever been more stark. This program has got to get more guys in that can consistently make open three pointers. You know, they were tougher than Iowa. I thought, you know, for a lot of the game, they played, you know, a really smart game. But, you know, they allowed Iowa to get comfortable, to your point, and then they wilted under Iowa's ability to just barrage the nets. And at some point, we have to get back to being able to do that if we want to go farther in these tournaments. Look, this is a disappointing show, of course. But overall, we're all extremely pleased with what this team did in the Big Ten tournament. With their backs against the wall, they won two big games. They're probably going to the NCAA tournament. This was a really good weekend for Indiana basketball. But the lesson was on display here for what this program needs to do to get to the next level. They got to find shooters. You have to have yeah. shooters. I mean, that's that's obvious. And and there were a lot of open shots. And credit Miller Cop for hitting those two late. I thought Miller Cop was excellent other than shooting today. I thought he played very think, well defensively. Yeah. I thought he rebounded well, or at least blocked out very well. He had three boards, but I thought he blocked out well. I thought he moved the ball well on offense. Uh, he just couldn't hit anything until that stretch where he hit two. And he hit those two very confidently. And you're thinking, okay. And then he had a third where that, that rimmed out that almost went in. And and But I mean... You do have to get guys. I'm sorry, five and nineteen from three is not going to cut it. I think there were three of ten in the first half. Maybe I, I don't remember what the exact number was, but uh, they weren't. It wasn't great. Um, and and the problem is you have Xavier Johnson who started out the year as not a great three point shooter, and he's probably your most consistent three point shooter right now. He's two of six today because he had, took a couple pull ups. Um, but you know, here's th- something I'll say is that. I think we can all agree Trey Galloway was not playing well today. He was minus eight. The team wasn't better with him on the floor. Tamar Bates came in at the end of the first half and played a really nice couple minutes and hit a wide open three. Why not give him some time in the second half? He did not get off the bench in the second half, especially with how many minutes your starters have played in these first two games. No Jordan Geronimo to help you out. Mix up the lineup a little I'm bit. guessing I that's like- why is you know Trey's height on a guy like McCaffrey and why he went with Trey over Rob. But I agree with you. It didn't work. And Trey wasn't no. getting it done on either end. So I would have rather he was had... Committing, he was committing dumb fouls, like non yeah. like things Trey doesn't do. Committing a foul 25 feet from the basket when you're in the bonus, like on yeah. a bump, you know, on a cut that you just didn't need to do. Um, fouling guys on drives. Like it, it, he just... I, I would have liked to see, look, Tamar Bates can hit an open look. Nobody else is hitting open looks. Give the guy a chance. Give him a couple minutes. He's your he's your top freshman recruit. Give him give him a chance. Uh, I would have really liked to see that. I would have liked to see you know Rob Finnessy earlier in the second half. He you know he only played yeah. seventeen minutes. Galloway played twenty one, and I thought Rob at least defensively was was better. Um, but you know I, I look, there's things you can nitpick all the way through it. In, in the end, it came down to that last five minutes and and them just not closing out on defense. I mean, it's essential. It's all it is the simplest thing in the world. You know a three point shooter is going to play beyond the three-point line. You're almost allowing Keegan Murray to drive at that point. Yeah, give like them twos. Give them yeah. twos. Honestly, and, let, and let Tony Perkins shoot do it, a layup. Like, yeah. Shoot it Shoot it over Trace. Try shooting it over Trace. Let Trace yeah. staple Trace in the lane and say, let's shoot it over Trace. Like, 
the one thing you don't want is them standing wide open. And, and I'll say this, Keegan Murray hit a couple tough shots today, uh, but a lot of his three-point looks were wide open, and he was 8 for 10. You know, I mean, that's insane to go 8 for 10, even open. But at the same time, you gave him those looks. And, and so, yeah, I just think that, you know, the most ba- they, they couldn't do the most basic, simple thing late, which is just guard the three-point shooters, chase three-point shooters, do whatever it takes to get in their face. They hit a contested three, they hit a contested three. Those threes in the last five minutes were not contested. Uh, I mean, the bank at the end, sure, Trey was in decent position. Uh, not much you can do there. But again, Bohannon shot it confidently, and he shot it confidently off the top of the square and in. But it's, you know, he felt comfortable because they allowed him to get comfortable late. Yeah, no, it's true. And look, you know, Indiana did a lot of good things in this game. So it's, uh, you know, this is a first segment that's going to, you know, sound a little down because Indiana, you know, frittered away a winnable game. I mean, I, you know, I agree with you defensively there. You know, clearly Indiana was a little bit tired. Kind of would have liked to see Mike Woodson maybe you. I think he didn't we end the game with a timeout would have liked to see, you know, a timeout taken there to, to give the guys a little bit of rest. Yeah. I mean, clearly not having Jordan Geronimo hurt, you know, two of the matchups in the big 10 where you probably need Jordan Geronimo the most are Michigan and Iowa because of it's, and it's not just Murray. It's also uh, the younger McCaffrey who hurt Indiana several times because of his size and ability to drive. And those are matchups that Jordan Geronimo usually really helps out in. So, you know, that, you know, that's going to hurt Indiana. Um, but, you know, throughout the game, and I think this this warrants mention, you know, the last five minutes were not good, obviously. But throughout the game, I thought we saw a lot of the team that we saw in the second half against Michigan and that we saw against Illinois, which is just a completely different team than that first half against Michigan in terms of confidence, in terms of just the conviction with with what they're doing offensively and defensively. And I was really good offensively, so they were going to get some points. But for so long in this game, Indiana's defense really did dictate the pace. You know, they had the bad stretch in the first half after they go up 15 to three, where the Murrays hit four threes, I think, before the next TV timeout. You know, and they lost them a couple times. They got open looks. For the rest of the first half, I thought they were right there on the catch. They weren't giving them open looks. They were making them drive. And I thought Race Thompson did a great job of defending drives without fouling. And then the help came. I mean, they really made it uncomfortable for Iowa. And I think that's what was such a stark difference there the last five minutes defensively is everything that they had been doing for most of the game when they were playing well defensively just went out the window. And, you know, look, it happened. It is what it is. But, you know, to me, overall, I still take from this game that a lot of what this team did to come back against Michigan, a lot of what they did to beat Illinois, they did today. They were just beaten by a team that can go nuclear from downtown and we can't to keep up. Now, at some point, you know, if we make an NCAA tournament run again, that's going to come back to bite us. That's why this team, you know, isn't capable of winning five or six straight games. But what I saw today is a team that can win a couple games in the NCAA tournament because of how they defend, because of how few other teams are going to have an answer for Trace Jackson Davis when he plays like this because he was awesome. And race got back to being race today. And Xavier Johnson is playing point guard, you know, as certainly as well as anybody in the big 10. And when you have those three guys humming, you know, what you need then is a Miller cop to step up and make a few shots. And he made a few, but you know, you, you just, you have to, again, you're going to have to have someone make outside shots. And I don't, I don't want to be a broken record, but the upside for me, Ryan, is that over these last five halves, I think Indiana earned its way into the NCAA tournament. And I think they showed us that they can win a game or two. I really do. Yeah. 
but they I've, I've, today just highlighted the limitations for for kind of what the ceiling is, you know. I've contended all year that when this team plays the way it's capable, it's a top 15 team. Talent isn't the issue, and it has not been the issue all year. It has been deploying that talent properly, not not just the coaching staff, but the players themselves understanding what they can do in a game. You know, so it's not all on the coaching staff. It's it's on players like, like Xavier Johnson just figuring out, oh hey, I can just attack. You know, and it took a while for that to sort of click on for him and to not get into trash talking matchups with other point guards and things like that and actually focus on the game and and stop trying to make the home run play and just simplify a little bit because that great play is going to be there when you want it. Um, Guys like Race Thompson developing their game. Trace Jackson Davis in this tournament being like, oh, yeah, that's right. I can destroy people, Um, you know, which kind of went away for a while. There There was a stretch of games there where Trace was not even like the third best player on the team, no. you know, uh, guys like Rob Finnessy, when he plays confidently and he shuts people down defensively, it's a different team. So the talent isn't the issue and it's never been the issue for this team. It's just putting it all together. And and as somebody said in the chat a couple of weeks ago, and it was, it was a great comment. It's like the team is lesser than the sum of its parts after a loss. They said that, and that's true. The talent is there. It's a matter of executing. And, um, so yes, can they win games in the in the in the NCAA tournament? Yeah, they could have won the Big Ten tournament. I'm sorry. I mean, you look at this game. I I'm you should win this game. You should have won this game. You absolutely should have won. And again, Iowa shoots really well and hits some threes late. But it was you. It was in your hands, and it was you allowing them to do that. You know, this isn't something where um, it, it was the same as the Rutgers game. Yeah, Ron Harper Jr. hit a hit a shot at the buzzer, and that's what everyone's going to talk about. Bohannon shot, everyone's going to talk about. But that's not the game. That wasn't the game. You had your opportunities, and you blew them. And this team, when it plays the way it's capable of, can be really damn good. And that's the, that's the disappointing part. That's why you see me get negative this year, is because this team is so much better than it shows. And Against Illinois, they showed what they can be. Second half against Michigan, showed what they can be. For most of this game, showed what they can be. But it's a matter of – you got to be able to do it in the last five minutes, though. That's winning time. I don't care if you're up 20. Well, that's where the shooting comes minutes. in. I mean, yeah. the talent in a you're lot right. of areas no, is good not. enough. The shooting talent is not good enough. No, it's that not. Is, that it, is a deficiency that well, really no, hurts it, this team. Let me, let me clarify this, Jared. They have guys who can shoot. They just don't make the damn shots. And, and we okay. say, no, because, well. no, 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 that's not a talent issue. It's a matter of these guys having the mental toughness to step up and make the shots. Parker Stewart can hit threes. He was hit 45% for a chunk of the year. He just doesn't have them. He, he is not mentally tough enough to make them in big situations. Miller Cop can shoot threes. He can. He's done it before. We have a track record of him doing it before. He just rushes everything when it comes to some of the games they've been in and he over rotates and the ball doesn't go in. It's not a talent issue. It is simply being mentally tough enough to do what you're supposed to do. And Rob Finnessy could easily hit three pointers, but he just doesn't. I mean, I'm sorry. You look at his form and he just, it should be fine. And he doesn't, it's a matter of locking in when you're in the game and doing everything correctly. And that goes for everything goes to defense it goes to, you know, a defense late. They were fully physically capable of closing out to those shooters and at least contesting those shots. They didn't do it. Yeah. You know, no, that's I mean, mental the, toughness. You know, defensively, it really, it seemed like two things to me happened defensively. You know, one, clearly the guys were gassed. Like, there's no question yes. about that. But that's not an excuse. Uh, because not, Iowa played, not an excuse. No, 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 it's not. <laughs> yeah, I know, I no, here, here's what I'm, because here's what I'm going to say. 
because Iowa's guys played the same amount of minutes. You know, the difference is their movement offensively forced us to move more. It highlighted our fatigue more than what we did offensively highlighted any potential fatigue for them. Plus, we didn't take a timeout when we could have. And if you're going to be a little bit tired, well, now you have to be more focused on what your defensive keys are. So if you're going to have to sell out to guard the three-point line, okay, well, maybe you'll give up, you know, something inside the lane to a couple of their, you know, less potent offensive guys. That's where I'm disappointed. You know, the shooting is what it is. I was a better shooting team. They had the advantage there. You know, offensively, we saw some of the same issues we've seen, and X was really up and down late, and, you know, that's going to that's gonna hurt Indiana. But defensively, it just seemed like it wasn't just physically we got out of sorts. Mentally, we got out of sorts. And things that should that we should have been keying on, we didn't. And, you know, that's where you would have just liked to see, you know, whatever it is, whether it's someone on the court stepping up as a leader, the staff, um, that's just a missed opportunity. Um, because if you can defend one or two more of those threes better, it's a potentially different outcome. And it never comes to Jordan Bohannon being able to hoist up, you know, a prayer three-pointer. Um, and that's the big, yeah. that's the big disappointment for me. Yeah. And, and, and what I'll say about this and, and people are saying, you know, they're tired or whatever. I've talked about that all year. I think we should use more of our bench all year. I've said that all season long that even though they're only playing, you know, we've talked about, we've looked at it, what Rutgers guys plays, what other guys play. They only play like 33, 34 minutes a game, but clearly that's too much. That's been too much for them at times because they don't close strong. And you look at guys like race today was exhausted and I get it. He's chasing around Keegan Murray and he's played three games in three days. Um, but I think that you need to understand that those minutes accumulate over the season. They do. And when you are tired late in a game, it makes it harder to do the simple things like be mentally tough, like follow through on your jumper, like finish all the way at the rim instead of going with a floater, like dunking instead of trying a layup. Like there's little things, make it in that pass really crisp. There's little things that you can do in when you're, when you're like, not fatigued that you don't do when you're fatigued. And and so I do think Woody has ridden the starters too hard this year. I, I have said that all along. And I think that it, you know, part of it is we do have a bit of a weak bench, but I mean, there are guys there. Anthony Leal could have played a couple minutes to get today. This was a good matchup for him, you know, defensively. He could have, and, and Tamar Bates could have played more. Maybe you get better play out of your guards late. Like, I mean, there's, I get it. No Jordan Geronimo, Michael Durr. This is not his game. Like I fully get it. But I mean, there were opportunities to rest guys and and didn't use them, and and that winds up being it. But this is what this team has been all year. They've ridden the starters all year, and you've got to find a way to to fight through it. Yeah, and look, just to be clear, you know, questioning a decision, you know, here or there that the staff made in a game like this when you lose is not bashing the staff. I mean, overall, no, what Woody and the staff did to get this did team prepared to make this run in the Big Ten tournament is fantastic. We're right here in the moment analyzing this game, and we step back and look at what Indiana did in the Big Ten tournament. This was a really important step for Indiana basketball because it did something you haven't done in a long time, which is win a couple games in the Big Ten tournament, and you unlocked something next level in your your star, Trace Jackson Davis, and you probably made the NCAA tournament, and you have everybody in your own locker room and in your fan base believing that you can go win games in the NCAA tournament now. And imagine where we were, you know, just a couple of days ago at halftime of the Michigan game. So the staff did a great job this weekend. 
It's just, you know, you see a nine-point lead go by at the end of a game and you're looking for answers, and there's a lot of different places that you look, and you wish a different decision had been made here or there. Um, but, you know, ultimately, this was a really good weekend for Indiana. It's just disappointing because I think we all really believe Indiana should still be playing, and they're not, and that's going to sting for a little while, and that's what we're trying to process here on this edition of the Assembly Call. Um, all right, coming up as we continue our breakdown of Indiana's crushing loss to Iowa – Uh, We will point out some meaningful moments you might have missed, and then we'll go inside the numbers to highlight some of the most important statistical notes from the game. You're listening to the Assembly Call. Stick with us. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. What's up, y'all? It's Devontae Green, giving you the green light to watch Assembly Call after every IU game. Just don't listen to their opinions about shot selection. Remember, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Go Hoosiers. That's a guy who wasn't afraid to take and make some big shots and knew how to get hot against Iowa. Thanks, Devontae. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. I'm Jared Morris. I am here with Ryan Phillips. We are awaiting uh, Andy Bottoms. Whoa, Andy Bottoms here. So we're going to bring him in here uh, for segment number two. Uh, but we are breaking down Indiana's 80-77 to loss to Iowa in the Big Ten Tournament semifinal. Uh, so before we get to some meaningful moments that you might have missed, let's go to Andy Bottoms. Uh, Andy, let's get your opening thoughts. You can imagine the story, the narratives we've already talked through uh, on this game, given that this game resembled many losses. Go ahead and repeat them. The people all love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but make sure that you punctuate it with bracketology wise, make us all feel better. Like we're still in, right? Like everything's, everything's good for tomorrow. Correct. Yeah. I mean, anytime that you can have a large work issue break literally seconds before the banked in three, I mean, the timing just could not be better. So (laughs) sorry. I was late. Um, yeah, like I was trying to listen to part of the show, but then I had to hop on a call to handle the, the work situation. So I didn't get to hear, um, hear everything you guys talked about. I, you know, it is a, a disappointing loss that I think on some levels can probably feel, as you said, a lot like um, those other situations where I, I just felt like they were running on fumes late. And again, that's a, a theme that we've uh, we've had throughout the throughout the season. And yet, you know, even on that last the Xavier Johnson play where he's able to, you know, they're able to get a steal and get the layup. Like, I think that shows a, a little bit different level of resilience that they really haven't shown. And and really, for the most part in the game, every time Iowa made a run at them they they punched right back and you know murray got hot a couple times hit a couple threes in a row um and i just thought they got themselves into some scramble situations defensively um i think the 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 next to last bohannon one 
they had gotten into a switch. Iowa gets offensive rebound. Nobody really switched back. And then there was just tons of confusion uh, that was there versus some of the others, I think, were, you know, understanding who to help off of and who who not to in different situations. Um, but I'll also say this. I mean, Iowa was playing about as well as anybody in the country uh, coming into this game. And I don't think there's a whole lot of shame. Uh, while it was a winnable game and it felt like one that IU was going to win for for various stretches of the game, um, you know, they're really playing well right now. I think somebody said that from a, a certain point forward in Torvik, like it was they were maybe second best in the country um, in terms of efficiency. And, and they've managed to change up their defenses enough to hide the fact that I don't still think they're very good defensively, but they give you enough different looks to um, – to kind of challenge things. And I, I think more than anything, uh, I think this gives this team something to build on um, in, in, as we head into the NCAA tournament um, because, you know, you saw these guys really come together and play with a confidence that they they just hadn't, hadn't played with for long stretches. And they were able to do that today. I think Trace has somehow found another gear late and X continues to play really well. And it's just a matter of trying to get, figure out who, who, who is going to be able to step up more consistently around them besides race? And I thought that was, you know, among the issues today. IU got a lot of wide open shots. Um, Cop hit a couple big ones, but there were opportunities that were there. And it felt like every time the ball kicked out to an open guy, it landed in the hands of Trey Galloway, who is not the guy that you want to shoot those shots right now. Um, and part of that is defensive scheme for Iowa. That's the easy guy to help off of. And I think that as much as anything from a lineup perspective is where it really hurts you to try to figure out how you can get shooters out there. Uh, to be able to take advantage of the way that Iowa was was having to play Trace, quite frankly, um, so that you know, tough tough loss, but I think way more good than bad comes out of um, this weekend for me for IU, both for this season and for the future. Hundred percent. And I didn't answer your bracketology question. Um, so I, I had IU I as one of the last four buys um, heading into today. Most of the teams behind them are idle, quite honestly, and I don't know that. I think they would slip to maybe the first four at worst, but that seems somewhat unlikely given how they've played. I think their numbers are not going to take a hit from the way they played against Iowa, given Iowa's got really gaudy numbers in the net and any of the the predictive metrics. So losing to them by three on a neutral floor is not going to significantly. No, we were supposed to lose by six, so it'll stay harm. Yeah, harm any of those things. So I, I would guess they end up as an eleven at this point. Obviously, depends on what other people do, which I always say this time of year but um you know i think the combination of the wins they got the last couple of days and, and really how well they played today uh should should be enough somebody yeah. was somebody was asking me today um would you rather make the tournament and get blown out in the first round or win the nit and i said right now this program make the tournament 100 not close if you had made the tournament last year Maybe make a run in the NIT. You build something for next year, whatever, maybe. Always not, make the tournament. Yeah, no, I'm saying you could make like an argument of like if you go on a run in the NIT and you get guys, to, like younger guys get to play more, what, you know, whatever, you could make an argument. But no, this team needs to make the tournament. Like, I'm sorry, I don't care. I Like, I don't care if they play and I don't care if they get run off the floor by 30. They need to be in the NCAA tournament. Like, well, and they need to yeah. now because they can win games in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. They like, they're what not just saying, backing like, in as some yeah. big conference team that stinks. You know, and here's the other thing. Here's the other thing that I want to say because, you know, Woody has been right for the past few weeks. This team has been competitive. 
you know, I remember after the Ohio State game, you know, we, we play them in overtime there. It's a disappointing loss because we make difficult decisions down the stretch. And I remember putting on Twitter, like, man, I'm really proud of their effort and how hard they played. They and everybody's like, oh, here we go. You know, moral victories for effort. And it's like, no, Nimrod. It's like the fact that this team is hey. still playing so hard. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the I'm idiots kidding. who have a problem with that. Is This is what's different from last year to this year. Is last year this team was collapsing down the stretch and just getting you know blown out by people. And this team was showing fight against good teams. you know. And you felt like if they kept doing that, maybe they could break through, which is exactly what they were able to do in this Big Ten tournament. You know, and that's probably the biggest thing that you give this coaching staff credit for is to keep these guys with it. And now they've experienced this breakthrough. And again, that's why, like, get this team in the tournament because I'll be interested to see what the matchup is, but I feel really good about what they can do with Trace playing like this, with X playing like he is, and with Race Thompson back rolling. And so let's get into uh, meaningful moments uh, that you might have missed here real quick. Meaningful moments that you might have missed. So I thought, you know, Race Thompson, from a statistical perspective today, 11 points, seven boards, three assists, one steal. He certainly made up for his really bad game at Iowa City, where he led the team with five turnovers and really struggled. Um, You know, I thought today in the first half, Indiana obviously jumped out to that big, you know, 15 to three lead, and then they struggled offensively. And Andy, to your point, you know, every time Iowa would make a little run, Indiana had an answer. And there were a couple times in the first half where Indiana was going through an offensive lull and, you know, Race Thompson would hustle in for a rebound and get a putback. Or, you know, he would get it on the block. I think there was one time, um, yeah, when Iowa had taken a 27-24 lead and that was when we got kind of three-point happy and Parker's missing and Miller's missing and we're not going inside like we had been. And we come out of a timeout and Race got it at the elbow, drove in, got fouled, hit that little scoop shot to make it 27-27. And then Trace scored, you know, in the post on the next possession. And I thought that was a huge moment, you know, for Indiana. Instead of, you know, you, you have a bad offensive possession, Iowa can go down and extend their lead to five or six. You know, you do what you do best. Ray steps up and makes a play. And I thought in the second half, you know, it was 53 to 52. And I thought, you know, he had one of his just a a quintessential race Thompson moment where he gets it down low, scores a tough bucket through contact, probably got fouled. It seemed like every time they went to Gene's territory, he's talking about how some call went against Indiana today. Uh, So Indiana's up 55, 52. And then the next possession defensively is when he takes that charge on Murray. And again, I thought in a matchup that's really tough for him, you know, obviously, you know, Murray was able to get too many open three-pointers. There were, again, there was a bad stretch in the first half and a bad stretch of defense in the second half where those guys got loose. But really for the other 30 minutes, I thought Indiana defended well. And I thought Race did a good job against Murray being there on the catch and still being able to guard him when he drove. And that was a great one because that was definitely a charge. It was a good call. And it was just Race being tough and doing what he needed to do in the moment. And I thought he did that at some really key times today. Um, And so it was nice. If Indiana has X playing at a high level as a point guard, you have Trace actually being your superstar like he has been for the last three games. And Race can kind of slide into that role as the do-everything glue guy. That's the formula. Now you sprinkle in a hot shooting game from one of your shooters, and you can go beat some teams. Now, that's obviously no guarantee, and that's why Indiana lost today, because they didn't get it. Quite about the decline. Right, but it has to start with a foundation of those three guys. And after Race really struggled early you know, against Michigan, he and Trace, we saw, we've seen those two guys come back to doing what they do alongside X, 
And that's why this team can go win games because that's a really good foundation. And then you just got to have someone else step up. And that's, that's the missing piece. That's why this is a borderline top 25, top 30 team instead of a top 10, top 15 team. It says they don't, don't have the reliable outside shooters on the wings. But race, Andy, I thought today got back to doing race things. Yeah, I, I definitely marked down uh, the, the stretch in the second half that you talked about. It just felt like there were times when they just needed something to inject a little life into him, and, and he was able to do that. And I thought, particularly after he gets a foul called really early uh, in the game, and you yeah. kind of worry, well, what happens if he's in foul trouble today with Geronimo out? Um, and and he managed to to stay, uh, stay out of foul trouble, played a ton of minutes. Um, I thought a lot more good than bad uh, d- defending a guy like, like Murray let him um you know get comfortable from long range but really didn't let him do much of anything inside I don't know how much of that was by you know design or or any of those things and maybe that's where they thought that Iowa Iowa felt he wasn't going to be able to exploit that matchup and I thought even when TJD got switched on to him at times I thought there was a possession that Miller Kopp got switched on to him and did a fantastic job uh in the second half forced him to take a really tough jumper uh and things like that I guess that's that was right before his big three that led up to it yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, I thought, um, you know, just race being able to keep himself on the floor was as important as anything, but he gave um, some significant contributions. He and Trace played really well together. They both had some nice passes to one another uh, as they went along. And, it, you know, he, he got, you know, gave up a few threes, but you're not going to hold down, you know, Keegan Murray. You're not going to hold down Iowa's praying. offense. And that's where I, you know, that's where I look at. Yeah. The defense struggled down the stretch as they, you know, we can say it was fatigue. We can say it was breakdowns. We it doesn't it doesn't really matter. Like for the majority of the game, they continued to defend really well against a really tough uh, against a really tough one of the best offenses in the country. Um, and I thought really did a good job of communicating on switches uh, and trading guys off as they would make cuts and things like that. I thought they really frustrated Iowa at times offensively and just got it rolling at the right time. But I, I you know, like I said, I I. I Maybe this is, you know, I know what you said about it. I'm sure everybody's like, oh, moral victories and whatever else. Like, to me, it's not a moral victory. They should have won the game. Um, but you, you can say you they can were also, encouraging you, things. You you can believe that and still say this team played its ass off defensively against a really tough in a, in a tough situation against a really tough team and be happy with that. Yeah. yeah and, and look, you know, something a point that I want to make here, you know, because we've talked a lot about the fatigue thing, you know, and, and a lot of people don't want to hear that. And we don't offer that as an excuse, right? But there is a reality that you watch the games with your own eyes and coming down the stretch of some of these games, Indiana's players look tired. And there is a reason for that, especially in a game like this. You know, if you're going to be in a game down the stretch against a team that has made nine more three-pointers than you, what's the formula for doing that? You have to play your ass off. And so the thing for Indiana is they've been in so many of these games at a shooting disadvantage and they've played a lot of hard minutes. And look, every program has a formula for how you win, right? The things that you focus on, the things that you're good at. And this team's formula has been really hard-nosed defense, being the team that hustles and does a lot of those things. But at some point, if you can't make shots, you know, another team is going to have, quote-unquote, easier minutes than you do. You know, Iowa did not have to exert as much effort offensively as Indiana did to get their points. That can take its toll. Now, Indiana has to find a way to be better than that. And if they're going to play this way, they have to be in better condition, have a deeper bench, all these things. So it's not an excuse. But if you're trying to figure out why some of these things happen, and Ryan, to your point, why it is accumulated over the season, I think that's why. Because the the style, the way that this team's formula for winning games 
is a hard grinded out style. You have to when you can't make shots. And that is well, going to be that is going to, you know, rear its head at the end of some of these games. The team has to find a way to be better and overcome it. But, you know, they haven't in a lot of these games. And it's part of the right. reason why this has happened. I think it's worth noting that we've talked about it during the season where I've been like, hey, I think Trace played too many minutes tonight. He looked tired. And you would and you would say, you know, hey, their starter played this many minutes. Indiana's minutes, the way they play, are more tiring than their opponent's minutes a lot because of how hard they play defensively and how aggressive that is. I mean, Race uh, Race Thompson exerts 50 minutes worth of energy in the 34 he plays every game because he's usually chasing around a really good player and has to cover for everybody else as well. And so I do think that there is this sort of thing, if you just look at minutes, you're not going to understand how much energy Indiana is exerting. And when you play the style of defense they do, and you choose to play that style of defense, you do need more depth. And I think you need to use your depth more. Now, when you use that style in the NBA, and these guys basically spend their entire lives tuning their bodies to a certain level, you can get away with it. But we need to, you know, I mean, that's an adjustment Mike, uh, Mike Woodson's going to have to make over time. If you want to play, it's like a team that presses. You see a lot of changes on a team that presses for for 40 minutes because of how much energy they exert. So you've got to have a deep bench. You've got to have guys playing, you know, your, ben, your bench guys got to be playing 15, 20 minutes. And so I, I do think that's something Mike's going to learn over time um, that he needs to utilize his bench more if you're going to play that hard-nosed defense. We love the defense. The defense is the best in the Big Ten this year. But if you're going to get guys and you want to defend for 40 minutes, you're going to need more help. You just are because these are college kids. They're not professionals. And make some three pointers. So you, I mean, have to well, make obviously, it so hard the all the time on yourself. No, um, I mean, look at, uh, we're not doing numbers yet, but I mean, there's a very obvious one that you can just look at that I think leads into this discussion. So I'll bring it up. Hold I, on, hold on, see. hold on. Hold that thought. Hold okay. that thought. Hold that thought. Because there's one okay. other moment that I want to mention. I want to highlight Rob Finnessy. Um, and this kind of goes into what we were just talking about, because I thought in the first half, you know, X got those two fouls, but we don't need to talk about the calls. Um, but Rob came in and kept things afloat. You know, he didn't score any points, but he had three assists. And I thought defensively he was terrific. He had three steals in the first half, really did a good job. You know, when you look at the overall minutes, he played 17, Trey Galloway played 21, the way that Rob was defending and his ability to to not be dynamic offensively by any means, but just make the right decision to get the ball where it needed to go. I honestly think if you just flip their minutes in the second half, Indiana probably wins this game. Cause I thought some of, some of the mistakes Trey made for a guy who's been so important. Some of the mistakes he made were really costly today. Yeah. And I thought Rob yeah. was really almost being the best version of himself minus outside shooting. Cause every now and then you'll get outside shooting from him. But I thought Rob played really well. Um, and so there's, a, you know, I don't have a specific moment. There were several steals that he had that were really big. I just thought, Andy, that, you know, he was kind of out there doing Rob Finnessy things. And I thought Indiana needed a few more of those on some possessions late in the game. Yeah, there was a toward the I think it was in the after the last media timeout in, in the first half. Um, you know, he ends up getting a steal, draws a foul. You know, he did miss a floater, almost tipped in his own shot. And, and that was a, a stretch where I, you really missed some opportunities to, to do that. But I thought he played well. And, and similar to what we talked about yesterday with the size of Illinois' guards, it was an opportunity where you could play. I know in the first half you, you couldn't because of X's foul issues. But it felt like in the second half, if you wanted to play Rob and, and X together, that wasn't going to be a problem against Iowa because they tend to play you know smaller guards anyway. And Rob is a guy who I think you can um, – you know, help a little bit with on, on the defensive end. So I, 
Yeah, I, I was surprised that he didn't get a little bit more run. I think um, fatigue in particular for a guy like Galloway, who was just coming back, playing three games in three days. Um, he just didn't quite have the same spark. And I thought the decision-making really suffered maybe as a result of that or um, or maybe it was something else. I don't, I don't really know. But I thought Rob played well because they went from up two when X goes out with foul trouble and there, you know, Rob has kind of got the keys for the last, you know, six, eight minutes and they end up going in up six at halftime. And I think everybody had said, if you pretty much play him to a stalemate at that point, you'd be happy. And not only had they done that, they'd extended the lead. So I thought, I thought maybe some missed opportunities to get him in the game. Um, even if it was just to try to find somebody else who would, uh, you know, be able to make an outside shot. Although I thought a lot of guys seem pretty uh, reticent to, to shoot uh, far too often today as well. Yeah. All right. Let's do numbers. This segment sponsored by our buddy Ed Fang at the Power Rank and his new podcast, Bracket Wisdom. If you want to win your March Madness pool and the brackets are coming out tomorrow, make sure that you are following Ed. It's at the Power Rank uh, and listen to his podcast. The Bracket Wisdom series is in his feed for the Football Analytics Show because that's his normal podcast. So search for the Football Analytics Show or follow him on Twitter at the Power Rank and you will get that. Uh, We're probably going to get him on a show here in the next couple of days. He's got a book uh, that we will have a special offer for you on. So uh, pay attention to that and we will keep you updated on it. Um, But let's dissect some numbers. Ryan, I know uh, you're excited to do the numbers uh, segment today. So please, by all means, not the numbers guy, but no. So, (laughs) so Iowa scored 48 points in the second half after 32 in the first half. But here's something that's very instructive about this point you're making about shooting and how important it is and and proving Tom Crean, right? That you got to make shots. It's what, what Tom used to say whenever they were bad. Well, you so it's it. all about shooting. There you go. Uh, <laughs> Iowa was 16 of 30 in the second half. That's 53.3%. Half of those field goals were three-pointers. Eight of 14, 57%. Bohannon in the first half, one of five. Second half, three of four. You, you let him get hot. I mean, you know, some of those, you know, look, sometimes shooters are going to make contested shots. I wouldn't make a ton of contested shots today. Those were pretty good looks. And their offense is designed to get those, so you're going to get some of them. Uh, first half, Keegan Murray, three of four. Second half, five of six from three. Um, he was on fire today. But, you know, you allow them to, to get eight three-pointers in the second half. And, you know, that's, that's what's going to win or lose you the game, quite frankly, in this one. And especially for Indiana, who just doesn't shoot it well, as you were saying, Jared two of nine in the second half and three of 10 in the first half. Um, I mean, know, honestly, it makes me more impressed with what Indiana that did it was close. this game and yeah, how much course. they battled that they got drilled by that amount on the three point line. I mean, that shows well, you the heart that this well, team has and how well trace played. Well, here's the difference. 50 points in the paint versus 24 for Iowa. Yeah. So that that's the, that's, I mean, that's the trade off there is trace dominated and IU, I mean, was able to get drives. I mean, Xavier Johnson was working in the lane, too. Race Thompson was working in the lane. So it wasn't just that. But that's what you expect against Iowa. Iowa's going to shoot it, and you're going to pound them in the paint, and somebody, whoever does it better, is going to come out and win. They did better late hitting shots, and that was the difference in the game. But, um, yeah, I, I think that that three-point line changes basketball, and you, Indiana needs to modernize to the point where they can actually hit them. I mean, they've been behind the times for a while, they brought in shooters this year who just weren't successful. But, you know, on the game, Iowa 14 of 32 hits 44% of their three-pointers. That's a game right there. You put Rob out there for the last four minutes and you just say, 
Just don't let Jordan Bohannon get a touch. Maybe uh, Mike Woodson surely isn't aware of how often Jordan Bohannon has killed us. So I'm sure he wasn't maybe quite as terrified as the rest of us. I was saying, Andy, that last possession, I was just out in my living room shouting, not Bohannon, not Bohannon, not Bohannon, even as he got the ball like 35 feet from the basket. You know, like yeah, there's some guys you just don't let him touch it at the this. end of games. Um, he's that. <sighs> yeah, what? Well, yeah, you know, I think that one is that that was that was a similar sentiment was was had in our house just about <laughs> like anybody but that guy. Um, yeah, you know, but I I think there were times when if you look at those shots, this is a, a credit to Iowa to a certain extent, and and maybe a knock on IU of those thirty two three point attempts, nineteen of them came from Bohannon and Murray, and and they accounted for twelve of the fourteen makes. I think there were times when it's just like you got to know who to help off of. And I forget whether it was Murray or Bohannon hit one, but Galloway was slow to rotate over from the corner and he's on one of the McCaffrey's. And I'm like, hell, let that guy shoot all day long. I don't, I mean, yeah. if he makes it, he makes it. Um, you don't I mean, the, feel other McCaff- bad. the other McCaffrey was like playing out of his ass at that point. But the, the this was the one who's, who's less good. And he's in the corner. I was like, you got to be willing to leave that guy and, and make them, if they want to swing the ball to him for an open three in the corner, then so be it. But you can't get beat by the guys you know, by the guys that you know can really shoot it from there. So I thought that was, as much as anything, like some of the decision-making in terms of like, I thought Iowa did a good job of that defensively in terms of they're going to help off of Galloway and dare him to shoot the ball. And I thought there were times that IU was a step late to get to one of the two guys who you really didn't want to burn you at the expense of staying tighter to somebody who you would be fine to let shoot. Yeah. No, that's, you know, like, like we said, Trey was just a little out of it today. He just, he, he wasn't was. quite and as sharp as he normally is, which I think is time. what made it stand out. He missed some time and playing three days in a row might really have affected him more than other guys, but yeah. it just, it's, it seemed from the jump that he was off though. It wasn't, it, you know, it didn't seem like it was just something that developed as the game went on and, you know, offensively he didn't do anything yet. He, he had one basket, I think, if I remember correctly. And, you know, He's, I'm sorry, I, I tweeted this out, but a huge project for Indiana this offseason, it's going to be enormous to the future of the program, is fixing Trey Galloway's shot. He needs to at least make 30% of his threes. Like, I mean, it's it because Iowa was sagging so far off of him, and he won't even look at the basket from three. He took a couple today. He took three. Um, but he gets the ball, and he just automatically drives because he knows he can't make a three. He cannot make a three. And we've seen him hit a couple in a game. You know, I think he's hit two in a couple games this year. But you look at him and you're like, that shouldn't have gone in. Because honestly, I would have said he played 21 minutes. I would have rather had him at like 10 and Tamar Bates at 11. Uh, because at least Tamar Bates is a threat uh, from from offense, from from the offensive end. And, it, you know, what? one thing you get with Galloway is he's taller and he's a little stronger and he plays really good defense. Well, he didn't today. He was not very good defensively today. And so I just think that you, we needed to adjust on the fly and make a change there. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought Woodson got very hung up to, today for the most part in not riding the guys who got you where you were in this game, but riding the guys that got you to this game. Thank you. Um, Mm-hmm. And and I thought that was and I thought and we and we talked about this a lot yesterday. I you know while we've questioned a lot of stuff, I thought he pushed a lot of the right buttons, had a really good feel for the game over these first couple. Agreed. Um, and made good decisions, stuck with guys when he needed to. And I thought today it was just kind of a nod to hey, you you helped get us here, and and just was slow to to make the move to that because I think he did put Rob in there toward the very end, but it was after Galloway had made a foul and he had a couple of yeah. the fouls that Galloway made were just so far from the basket on guys that 
are not going to hurt you from where they are. We're not Iowa's best, you know, better players and um, and some of that. But I think, you know, again, they're not in the game if for, not for some things that Galloway did. But I think it's a little bit of, OK, that was a different game. Let's see how he's playing today and then make the decisions based on that. Yeah. And look, you know, I, I agree wholeheartedly. And then I think as we as we look at the other numbers that really decided this game, you know, Miller Cop played 33 minutes. Parker Stewart played 22. So that's 55 minutes of those two guys on the wings. I thought, you know, for I thought they we talked about Miller Cop. I thought they defended pretty well. I thought those guys found a way to contribute as rebounders. You know, Parker Stewart got a steal like there wasn't anything else. egregious. The issue is those guys are playing for one reason. Their biggest skill is to make shots. And while Miller Cop did step up and hit those two huge threes, and those were massive, and I credit him for having the confidence to keep stepping up after missing so many shots, combined, they were three of 16. And, you know, that's just not good enough, man, to beat Iowa. It's and not. two of like, nine. And two yeah. of nine from three. Yeah, I mean, you you know, you were going to have to step up and make shots. And those guys just weren't able to do it. Um, and so, you know, if they can – and they got – you know, they got good looks too. So uh, at the Especially end of the day – the first half. Yeah, the first half, the they the had day, a lot of open looks. Yeah, you know, the, just a couple things. I mean, when you're up nine, you have to be able to find a way to protect that lead. And throughout a 40-minute game, your two players who are playing to make shots have to be able to make open shots. And when you don't, you know, you're going to have a, a, a loss like this that, yes, you can take positives from because so many elements of how you want to play were good today. But the reason it leaves such a bitter taste is you feel like you left a win on the table because of some things that you should be able to count on. You should be able to count on those guys to be better than three for 16. And they just didn't have it today. And unfortunately there've been too many games this season where that's been the case. Yeah. I think there were a lot of, a lot of times when the roof was ready to blow off of that place, if they'd made one yeah. of the shots, particularly a cop, I, Stewart didn't play yeah. enough to, to really um, do a ton of that. And yeah, again, credit to cop for, for making some of the shots. And it's just like, yeah, it's just hard to figure out why some of the ones, you know, go halfway down and, and come out. I think he had a couple of those in the first half and in some big spots. And then I also felt like in some of those cases in the in the first half, well, maybe both halves, you know, the IU would miss an open three and then I would come down and, and drain one. And it's yeah. a six point swing before you know it. But I'm I'm doing quick math here. Um, so this could be a little bit wrong, but I don't think it's it's terribly off. Yeah. A- outside of X, TJD, and race, the rest of the team was five for twenty-four. Um it's tough to win it that just, way. Yeah, and, we, and we've kind of said that. Those guys have really become the foundation. Who's going to be the complimentary guy? It doesn't necessarily have to be the same guy every game, but who's going to be that or guy? Or it could be a and, couple guys just making one shot each. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's, you know, Tamar yeah. steps up, hits a three. If if uh, Stewart hits one of the two he hits and Cop hits one more, I mean, it's a different it's a different game. But no, I, I, I just honestly, think the other thing is, the other thing is, Jared, I think it's worth pointing out, is Iowa doubled hard on trace and so the possessions where he didn't have a one-on-one matchup he's looking to kick out but if you're looking to kick out the guys who aren't shooting you know i mean there's really nothing who aren't hitting shots it's really hard to run your offense that way and so a lot of times we talk about you know the offense is kind of stagnant or whatever and it had been this year i think it's i think big 10 tournament has been a different story i think it's looked really much much better um but if the whole point of having that kind of offense to throw it in and kick it out is that you kick it out to guys who can then make shots and they just can't. And, and so it's, we, this has been, was this our sixth season or fifth season in a row where you can't make shots. I mean, it's got to bring the guys in to do it. 
And, and the, you know, you can bring in guys with high percentage. You can bring in guys, with, but they've got to be able to do it in games. It doesn't matter what your shot looks like, what your form yeah. looks like, anything. You've got to be able to do it in games. And and you've heard guys, you know, for years, Archie Miller said, hey, our guys can shoot. They just aren't making them in games. And it's that can be true. It doesn't matter if they can shoot when it's not a game, but that can be true. Guys have good form. Guys have this, guys have that. Parker Stewart's form is the same on every shot. He just doesn't make them, you know, uh, enough. And uh, Rob Finnessy's form is fine. Just doesn't for years. Ray Thompson's form was fine. He just didn't make them. And and so it's it's about just locking in mentally and being able to do what you do in practice when you're shooting. Make your damn shots. Xavier Johnson's worked it out. Yeah. Well, Xavier Johnson believes every shot's going in, so that's the difference. It's true. Xavier Johnson but he's does also not have confidence out, issues. Man. He knows when he picks his spots better. <laughs> How about him from the free throw line, by the way? He's that guy is Xavier Johnson nailed. is remarkable. He had a few too many turnovers today, but there will be no Xavier Johnson slander on this show. He did enough to win this game. Um, you know, it had, I thought the, the turnover at the 67-58 mark, that was a really bad play. Um, but you're going to have a few of those from him. But otherwise, I thought he was really good. Um, okay, let's they're keep always, going here. They're always, they're always trying to be aggressive. You know what I mean? Like the, his turnovers are always when he's trying to be aggressive. So. Yeah. yeah, just just one other thing that I think speaks to some of what we talked about with the supporting cast. You know, the we we've talked, or well, I guess we didn't talk. Um, Jared, you talked after the Michigan game, and and we talked yesterday about how the bench was such a huge difference. Outscored off the bench twelve to five uh, in this one, and um, you know those are you know little places where IU has to be able to make up some things to to kind of kind of paper over some of the deficiencies that they have on the offensive end where can you get a lift from somebody they just just didn't get that today i thought it was interesting that tamar didn't come back in in the second half he had after not just because he made the shot but just to be able to give a different look give somebody else a chance i was a little bit surprised after making the shot at um right before the half not expecting him to come out and start the second half by any means but when you need a little bit of a spark and Guys are looking a little he bit tired. Is he energy. is he a place is he a place you can turn to go do that? Now maybe they were concerned defensively, and I know that's an area that he struggled with a little bit as well. But yeah. um, who knows? Who knows? And here, here's the last thing that I want to say about the shooting. You know, and this is why get this team in the tournament. They've got the potential because here's the thing: it's not like we're hoping for you know that Parker Stewart and Miller Cop were recruited as shooters, but they're young guys who haven't shown it. They've shown at the college level they can shoot. Like, do you realize in 19 games against tier A and B competition this year, Parker Stewart shooting 41% from three-point range. This guy is not incapable. Like, it feels like he hasn't made him because he was one of nine against Michigan State. And today, now those numbers are going to be worse because today he wasn't very good. But that's the thing is those guys can make them. And so I think, you know, part of the frustration is, part of the frustration is, you know, you just, you want to see all of it come together. You know, and because if it comes together and you get those guys shooting with the way that X and Race and Trace are playing, this team can go on a little bit of a run. You know, for whatever reason, it hasn't come together, you know, in uh, enough um, in the same game. But, you know, if they can if they can unlock that somehow between now and whenever their first tournament game is, um, they've got the potential there. It's just in a game like today, when you really needed it, it didn't happen. And it. It put that difference on display between these two programs, unfortunately. Uh, all right. Coming up on the assembly call, we're going to hand out our game balls, talk a little Hoosier hustle, uh, discuss a lingering question or two, and then we will look ahead to what's next for Indiana, uh, which we'll find that out tomorrow. But that's all next here on the assembly call. Stick with us.
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Hey, this is Deron Davis. And what's the only thing better than dominating a dude big man in the post? is celebrated with friends afterwards. Join Gerard, Andy, Ryan, and Coach on the Assembly Hall call after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosiers. Thank you, Duran. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. Catch us live immediately following every IU basketball game and on Thursday nights at our website, assemblycall.com. And make sure that you go to join.assemblycall.com to sign up for our email newsletter. It is free. Almost 10,000 IU fans are on it. Uh, great content every week there. It's join.assemblycall.com. I'm Jared Morris. I'm here with Andy Bottoms and Ryan Phillips. We are breaking down Indiana's uh, close but no loss against Iowa in the Big Ten tournament semifinal. And it's game ball time. I think we all know the game ball is going to Trace Jackson Davis. So this gives us an opportunity to talk a little bit more about him and his great game. Uh, Andy, I'll go to you first because we talked a lot about Trace in the beginning. You haven't had a chance to talk a lot about him, but what did you see from him today? And just really, really has been able to maintain that eye level since the second half of the Michigan game. And I think that's as impressive as anything is his energy at times has ebbed and flowed. And we've pointed it out on the show, um, whether that be from game to game, in game, whatever. But I mean, these last two plus games, I mean, he has just brought it every minute. I thought he showed some different things defensively in terms of stepping out and trying to, to guard Murray a little bit. Um, you know, really, really worked hard. at get good in post position, fought through those double teams uh, and made good decisions for the most part in terms of when to pass out of it, when to attack. Uh, and I thought, uh, you know, made some really athletic plays going up to get rebounds, going up to get one of the lobs that the X threw was up there. Um, and, and so just really thought the kind of effort level that you need from you know, the all-American leader of the team, uh, all those kinds of things. I really thought from just an effort and leadership standpoint, he's really taken some leaps even just over the course of the week 
uh, it feels like. And whether that's just kind of seeing that, hey, the end of this might be might be near, depending upon what he's thinking about his future or whatever the case may be. Um, but he definitely just played with a, a different sense of urgency. I know they said, um, you know, Woodson was going to sub him and he basically said no and he wasn't coming out. And, you know, I really thought he was a guy who didn't seem quite as fatigued as other guys down the stretch for whatever reason. Um, I really thought he was able to keep up his uh, his energy throughout. And, you know, from a numbers perspective, 15 to 21 from the floor for 31 points Ridiculous. Uh, spe- speaks for itself to, to some degree and, and not against, you know, we can we can make jokes about Iowa's defense, but, you know, they were they were throwing a lot at him and he was still uh, really successful and just a, another really solid performance for him and looking forward to, to more of that next week. Yeah, I mean, he's a force right now. He he's an absolute force. I mean, look, you know, he was a preseason All American. He ends up being second team All Big Ten, and I think we probably talked about on the show some. We certainly talked privately, like, okay, but are we sure based on what we saw in Big Ten play this year that he's the best player on this team? I mean, race is more consistent. You know, X has been the more dynamic player. And so, you know, think for a minute, right? These last three games for Trace: fifteen for twenty-one against Iowa, nine for thirteen against Illinois, ten for seventeen against Michigan. It's been the best shooting, the best rebounding, the best defense of his career. Now think back to the games at the end of the season, right? Against Purdue, he's 7 for 12. Against Rutgers, he's 7 for 11. 5 for 7 against Minnesota, 4 for 6 against Maryland, 3 for 9 against Ohio State. Like, he just did not have the same assertiveness. You know, he went through a lot of this Big Ten season really drifting in and out of games, and you would see flashes of it like the Wisconsin game. But for the most part, I think the frustration with his play – and part of it, I think, is, you know, we were wondering if he's being put in the best position to succeed, you know, based on how the offense was being run. But he just seems so inconsistent from game to game, even half to half. And now what he's done in the Big Ten tournament is basically put on display what he's capable of. And this is the guy that he can be, which is a bona fide All-American. I mean, this guy that we've seen for three for three days is an All-American level player. And it's phenomenal to watch. And Indiana can jump on his back and win NCAA tournament games when he's playing like this. Because they beat two potential tur- or a potential tournament team in Michigan, a definite tournament team in, in Illinois, and he damn near led us to victory against another tournament team in Iowa. So this is what he's capable of. He has by far the highest ceiling of any player on Indiana's roster. It just felt like for so often this season we didn't see it. But maybe he's learned that when he can bring that energy and attention and focus to every game, he can dominate people. That's what he did today. This is one of the easier yeah. game balls. He was awesome today. Yeah, no, he just he's he found what he had early in the season, I think, and and you know, I, I we talked about it early in the season. I thought he was playing maybe too many minutes in the non-conference, and maybe he hit a wall mid-season. I mean, that happens to guys where they just they run out of gas and have to catch a second wind. And certainly in this tournament, he's looked like a different player. I mean, he really has. He has elevated his game to a ridiculous degree. Also, maybe just there's a sense of urgency with him, um, and not just for this team, but for, you know, his future. I mean, if he doesn't dominate, what, you know, is he going to make it to the next level? And, and so I think there's a lot going on there that can cause this, but I, I certainly, I mean, unbelievable performance from him today. And, and, you know, again, he battled Kofi Coburn to a standstill yesterday, something he hadn't done in his entire career and dominated Michigan. I mean, you have to give him hats off. There's no way he's not going to make the all big 10 tournament team. And quite frankly, if they'd made the final, he would have, Probably he, you could have made an argument for him, even if they lost for being the player of the tournament. Um, so certainly, uh, certainly a great showing from him. And, and here's hoping we get him some. Uh, he, he finally gets to, to be in the NCAA tournament for the first time in his career. 
he's, I mean, he's rewritten his legacy this weekend. For sure. You know, he was on track to be a guy who put up a lot of numbers playing on bad teams and that fans didn't know quite how to process because it's like he had big numbers, but man, from game to game, he didn't know if you could trust him. Now, assuming Indiana makes the tournament, he's the guy that he's the reason Indiana on his back to, to, I mean, X obviously in race two, but seeing him fully realize his awesome potential this weekend, I mean, it's, it's changed how his career is going to be viewed. And now he's still got plenty of chances to do even more, you know, because again, I, I mean, I really think this team has the potential to do some damage the way that they're playing. I mean, this was, this was like a sweet 16 level game today, because I think I was a potential sweet 16 game with the way they play offense. And Indiana was right there up to the challenge, just couldn't shoot it, you know? So, you know, Indiana against Illinois and Iowa, two of the teams that are, I think, best positioned to make a run in the Big Ten. Indiana beat one of them and led by nine with five minutes to go against the other one. This team can do some things. And a big part of the reason is because of Trey's playing the way that he is. Uh, okay, next up. Hi, this is native Hoosier, Anthony Leo. I pride myself on hustling every second I'm on the court. So it's an honor to present this episode's Hoosier Hustle Award, sponsored by our friends at Evansville Security Services. Based in the hometown of IU legend Calvert Cheney, Evansville Security Services provides off-duty police officers to businesses and individuals throughout Indiana. Their goal is to provide whatever level of safety and protection you're looking for. And just like hustle can't be measured by stats, but is often the difference between winning and losing, the prevention of bad outcomes can't be adequately measured either, but it can still have a huge impact on your bottom line and peace of mind. So let Evansville Security Services help you prevent a bad outcome today. Go to EvansvilleSecurityServices.com to learn more. That's EvansvilleSecurityServices.com. Thank you, Anthony. Uh, let's go Hoosier Hustle. Andy, who gets your Hoosier Hustle award? Um... I feel like you got to get X in here somewhere. I'll, I'll go with him. I mean, 20 points, nine assists, four rebounds. Uh, the turnovers, I thought, were really the the only real blemish for him today. And and kind of the way he picked up the second foul, where it was a, a little bit ticky-tack, but one you probably just don't need to, um, you know, get up on the guy quite that much. In that to be situation. fair, it was now, called I, the other way, I, the previous possession I, on him. I, so I, would, got yes, I would argue that guys on the, on the drive were getting, you know, bumped completely off of the path that they were taking and that was not called. So I don't, I don't disagree with you on that part for sure. Um, but I, yeah, I just thought another really, really strong game from him played. I think the whole second half, uh, once again, and I thought was, uh, solid defensively and, and set up so many of the, you know, plays for TJD early to really get this team off to a good start. And that's, uh, you know, nice to see them be able to come out of the gate strong in a way that they have not for large portions of the season. Yeah. When you when we caveat the plus minus that it's not always an accurate representation of how well a player played because they could be on the floor with guys who aren't playing well and then they turn into the minus as well. Uh, Xavier Johnson was a minus seven today in 33 minutes. I don't think that's reflective of how he played in the least bit. Um, I think that the reason why it's a minus seven is because when he went out, Indiana actually extended its lead. And and but that was more Iowa not doing anything offensively and Indiana chipping away than it was anything to do with X. Um, I think he just the thing about him and it's unbelievable how hard he plays. 
unbelievable Always. how hard he plays both ways. You never see him let up defensively ever. I mean, he'll, he might get lost in a wash of a few screens or something like that, but that happens. You know, you just run into guys. So his guy might be open from three sometimes or whatever, but he never stops playing hard. And it's, it's, I wrote early when they took that 15 3 lead to start. I tweeted out, it's like this team has taken on Xavier Johnson's mentality. It's not Trace's mentality. It's not Rob Finnessy's. It's not Race Thompson's. It's Xavier Johnson's of just that swagger and attack they have had the last three games. It's his team now. I mean, it's his team. He's the point guard. It's his team. And they play so damn hard. And yeah. he is the ringleader. He never ever stops and he's got to be so annoying to play against uh, oh, gosh. <laughs> because yeah. he's just always there. He's right up in his guy. And, and um, so, yeah, I uh, really just am in awe of how hard that guy plays. Yeah. You know, and look, sometimes it's, you know, you have another guy who has a big statistical game, Andy, and it's like, okay, we got to get X in here and you list the stats and then we'll get people. Well, this is the hustle award. It's like yes, but if you're talking about X, he's always hustling. He could win the. Yeah, he, he or Ray Thompson could win this every, every game. game. Yes, yeah, and so and that and that's the key is you know just his energy. And I thought you know late in the game, right? It's like 77-73. and you know Indiana's struggling to get a bucket. And what does X do? He drives in the lane, pump fakes, takes contact, and finds a way to get himself to the line. You know he took uh, at least one charge, maybe two charges today. Like he just, he will take contact. He will give gon- contact. He will hustle, do whatever it takes. Like, again, I think I mentioned this on the last show. This has been a program that for too long has been, if not okay with losing, at least resigned to losing. Like, oh, okay, this isn't our day. Xavier Johnson is never like that. And I think the biggest change, you know, in addition to Mike Woodson giving players confidence, as Race Thompson talked about earlier this week, you know, giving players confidence to play their games. And for better or worse, you know, you have to live through maybe guys doing some things you don't want them to do as they kind of develop that and work through this new freedom. And we've seen that throughout the season. But that's been huge for Indiana. It's the reason why Indiana beats Purdue the first game, because of Rob Finnessy's confidence. But the other big difference for the program is Xavier Johnson has given them a bulldog that will lead from the front doing whatever it takes to win. And I think the biggest compliment you can give him is Trace Jackson Davis has basically adopted Xavier Johnson's mentality this weekend. You know, he's become that every possession all out guy and you see what he's capable of when he does it. But X has been that guy all season long, even when he wasn't playing well. Um, And I know he had four turnovers today, but he had nine assists, you know, and you'll live with a few turnovers and a couple of them were bad. Like there's no question about it, you know, but overall, this was another really good performance from him from one of the best point guards in the country. And that's another reason to have confidence in this team heading into March. You're going into it with one of the best point guards in the country, at least the way he's playing. And that always gives you a chance. So Trace for Game Ball, X for Hustle Award. Uh, one lingering question coming out of this game, obviously, is what is the status of Jordan Geronimo? And we just got a tweet from Jordan Geronimo who says, beyond proud of my team. Season's not over yet, though, and we got some dancing to do. By then, I'll be back 100% ready to go. Let's go Hoosiers. So, you know, maybe he's, not, he's maybe not a doctor. Extension or yeah. Or something. Wasn't something serious. yeah, so it doesn't sound like it's anything. The worst-case scenario certainly didn't uh, didn't come out, but uh, having him back, he's a, he's a really important defensive piece for this team. You know, they needed him against Michigan. They'll need him in other matchups. Um, so good to know that he's coming back. And the other lingering question is just, is this team going dancing? I think we all assume yes. And where will they be? 
Um, and so we will uh, we will find out that. Anything Come else for San you guys? Come to San Diego, guys. You can have dinner <laughs> at my mom's house. Will you go to the games if they're in San Diego? Uh, I'll try and get a press pass, yeah. Yeah. All right. Any other lingering questions for you guys coming out of this? I mean, I think now we're just waiting to see where this team is going to play. I think we all feel much better about their ability to not just get a bid, but do some damage with the bid. And so despite the bitter disappointment of today, because it was another big winnable game and you could have played in a Big Ten tournament title game, and that's disappointing to miss out on, this was a terrific week for the Indiana basketball program and a huge step forward. And all the players, all the coaches get credit for this because when it was 60-43 to 43 in the second half against Michigan, I don't think anybody saw this coming. Um, so I'm, I'm just impressed that they had the wherewithal, the fortitude, the togetherness to pull it off. Um, it says a lot about what Mike Woodson's building. And it's, a, I think, a huge foundational experience for the program to have and to build on moving forward. But anything else for you guys coming out of the Big Ten tournament? No. Still still hasn't brought, you know, I mean, a couple days did bring some joy. But as an overall experience, the Big Ten tournament has been a uh, not not the best. Anyway, we can't just lose the Big Ten tournament game, right? It's got to be oh, Jordan yeah, Lohan banking in a three-pointer. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be in some stupid montage that they're going to show about the Big Ten tournament at some With point. Blake the Big Ten tournament always Blake wins Hoffa. in the end. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, all right. Well, you all have been listening to the assembly call and we appreciate it. Remember to check out our friends at Home Field Apparel. Use the promo code HOME at checkout to get 15% off your first order. All right, guys, last call. Let's get some final thoughts. Uh, Ryan, lead us off. Yeah, I mean, first of all, let's just do overall thoughts of Big Ten tournament. You won two games, something that hasn't happened in, you know, since the Eisenhower administration, it feels like. But you get to the weekend, uh, get yourself in a, in a position to win, and you know, you collapse late. I mean, there, there's no sugarcoating that. I, I think that Indiana, this is a winnable game. People say, oh, well, they hit shots. Well, yeah, you gave them open shots. And Bohannon hit a crazy shot, whatever. Um, but overall, you have to be happy about what this program did this week. And you have to be happy about what a guy like Trace Jackson Davis did, what a guy like Xavier Johnson did. Um, I still think there's some kinks to work out with this program, like the use of the bench and, and some of the decisions made. Uh, but it's certainly where it was trending down, I'd say two weeks ago, you're starting to see things trend in the right direction, which is the best thing you can say at this point of the year is that things are trending in the right direction. Now, I know some of us will be sweating tomorrow. Andy, you tell us that we're in, so I'm going to believe you. Um, If not, I will drive to Cincinnati and have some strong words for you. Um, But getting into that tournament, is so massive. We said it back in like August when we were setting our goals for this season. You wanted to end the Purdue streak, Jared. That was your big one, and make the. It wasn't tournament. just me. It was everybody. No, I know, but you that was you Purdue were you nine were, times. I know, but you were very that, vehement about that being. Very, no, I'm not saying it was just every, you. you were all just I'm saying very, is everybody was. Abusive. That was on the the checklist. Be Purdue. Of course it was. And the but you were streak. very effusive about that being a huge, you know, and, and rightfully so. I'm not saying you were wrong. Um, but making the tournament is at number one on that list. And if this team, because of their performance the last two days, made the tournament, it was number uh, one. it's been successful. And, and this season has been successful if you make that tournament. Very important for recruiting, very important for everything going on. Just a symbolic step forward in Mike Woodson's first year. It sets things up moving forward to take that next step in the future. 
you can't stay stuck in the mud. You can't stay stagnant in college football or college basketball because guess what? There's always somebody moving past you. So a step forward is what we needed this week. Hopefully secured it. Great job. Yeah, and Andy, it seems like the only real way, like if there's some outside shot that we're just like all shocked that Indiana doesn't make it, it seems like the only path to that for the selection committee would be if they're just really emphasizing non-conference scheduling. Because Indiana's done everything else. The only real knock is like you didn't play anybody in the non-conference. So if they try to send some message that way, but otherwise, I mean, Indiana's done enough with their wins and everything and the resume stacks up against everybody. So... Yeah, I think generally it feels that way. I mean, you've got a few things lingering out there. The Atlantic 10 is somewhat of a, a question mark. Uh, I think I use helped if if SMU loses to Memphis here later this afternoon. Would certainly be helped if Virginia Tech loses to Duke. So, Hey, how about uh, the Aggies? Gonna, Texas a &M. Everybody's going to be really excited to root for Duke, but uh, might be might be good just to be sure. Um, but yeah, I, I you know I tend to feel comfortable, but you know I'll I'll look at it all again probably 10 times between now and when that happens, we'll see. But Ryan, in this economy, you don't need to be driving from San Diego to Cincinnati. So you can just FaceTime, too, so. FaceTime and something to give me whatever the, the strong words. I'll borrow my friend's you, uh, Tesla. It'll be that you reference. All right, there you go. That sounds good. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think hopes were not high coming into the, into the week. If you, if you spin back a few days ago and certainly weren't high down 60 to 43 in the second half against Michigan. And, um, it, the, the credit to the team and the players for being able to turn that around in, in short order and, and really build some momentum and enthusiasm around it. And, and, you know, it's, it's one of those, you can look at it one of two ways you, you, you find yourself, um, you know, wondering, you know, we wouldn't be sweating and it wouldn't even be a consideration had this level of, uh, you know, of, of effort and focus been there in countless other key games. If this TJD had shown up a little bit more often, if, if whatever, and it, it's fair to lament some of those things as you, as you look at the season. Um, but I, I do think it says something, hopefully, uh, that, that this team, given the circumstances and the way they responded to that, um, really gives them something to build on heading into the NCAA tournament. I, I think given the slog that the big 10 always is and how well I use played against teams that should be seated in the area that they're going to face, uh, should they make the tournament? Then I think there's reason to believe that this team can make things interesting. Does, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, but, um, feels like they've done enough to put themselves in that position. And that's a good first step. This is not a, this is what it needs to be all the time, but, you know, it, it is hopefully the first step toward getting things back in the right direction. And, uh, you know, credit to these guys for for doing it. And quite honestly, I mean, we watch this because it should be fun and enjoyable to root on a team and 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 to follow them and to, um, you know, kind of live and die to some extent with different plays here and there. And like the last few days have been fun. Mm -hmm. um, this has been a team that everybody should be proud to root for based on how they've played in these in these situations, even though, you know, again we wish they weren't there but like that's what i take away and i see some people in the chat getting like angry about this that and whatever and it's like i to me this should all just be enjoyable and it was an enjoyable few days and there aren't too many times that we've said anything about the big 10 tournament was enjoyable uh whatsoever and so to me that's moral victory guy saying it then so be it but i thought it was a good experience and um it was a joy to root for them the way that they played given the circumstances this week
You're 100% correct, Andy, 100% correct. You know, the teams that are not fun to root for when it becomes a chore is when you're wondering if they're enjoying being out there. And if you're you're talking about, you know, periods of time where they didn't play hard, didn't do this, that, or the other. And we haven't had that from this team. You know, this team has fought through a lot of struggles to come out on the other end in this position where you know they believe they're going into the NCAA tournament to win games. And I think most fans actually are going to go into it with confidence. And I think you know that's one of the reasons why this this weekend has been so important for Mike Woodson is what what he's building because I think what what a lot of outsiders don't understand about you know Indiana basketball fans is you know we went from you know thirty years of probably having especially the older fans the ultimate trust in a coach that you could ever have right like as a fan base ever trusted a coach more than Indiana fans trusted Bob Knight you know and in the time since then we've spent so much time with coaches that we don't trust, you know, and, and especially, you know, over these last two, even though there were some ups with Tom Crean, it felt like we spent a lot of that time still not really trusting Tom Crean, you know, and certainly we never built trust with Archie Miller. And so I think, you know, you overlay that onto what we've seen from Mike Woodson this season, some of the ups and downs and the decisions that we don't think make sense, even though we're not in the locker room, so who are we to say, and some of the late game collapses. And it's like, well, shoot, they were really good, and now they're bad. Is this going to be another coach that we don't trust? And everybody had a real quick, you know, jump to conclusions or at least jump to judgment this season, you know. And it was frustrating on the one hand, but you you kind of understood it on the other hand. And to me, what this weekend has done is, even though it's been topsy turvy and up and down, we reached the destination. All the goals we had for the season, assuming we make the tournament, we're going to hit. And that is huge for Mike Woodson, not just building trust in his locker room, but with the fan base, where it's like, look, we said we were going to do all these things. And it may not have always been exactly how we wanted it to go or pretty, and we missed opportunities, but we did those things. And for a coach to do that in his first season, who was the last coach at IU to do that in his first season that didn't a season later turn out to be a total disaster? <laughs> you know, I mean, it certainly has been two coaches worth. And so that's why this has been such an important weekend and why now we can, you know, put some of our greatest fears, I think, to bed. And, and Mike Woodson has done a phenomenal job of rebuilding the foundation. You know, he probably sacrificed that Northwestern win to send a message and bring accountability back. But to still make the NCAA tournament, even with that, it's big. It's really, really big. And so to your point, Andy, it was so much fun watching these guys this weekend because they... They played hard. They played together. They just played with such a conviction about what they were doing. Uh, and it was just, it was a joy to watch. And I can't wait to watch them play more. So we've, there have been a lot of recent seasons where we've just kind of been, once that last game happened, it's like, all right, I'm okay with not watching this group play again. I want to see, I want to see this team play a lot more because I think they've got a lot more in them. And I like the way they play. And if a couple guys can get hot, this team can do some damage. Um, but I love what X is doing. I love what Trace is doing. love what Race is doing. And if we can get everybody, you know, making some shots and just doing a little bit more, this team can do some things. So hats off to to the Hoosiers. A wonderful weekend. You know, could have been better with a little bit better execution down the stretch to Iowa. But every single person in this fan base would have taken a Big Ten semifinal appearance and a down to the wire game in there. So let's not uh, let's not get greedy. We have future seasons to get greedy and expect more. For now, when this team exceeds expectations. Let's tip our cap, be excited, and move on to what's next. And I think that's the best way uh, to feel about today. All right, that's going to do it. If you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assemblycall. 
And don't forget to go to join.assemblycall.com to join our free email newsletter. Special thank you to Bob Thompson for the music that you hear on the show. And special thank you to John Ringer of Rig Design for designing our logo. And thank you, as always, for listening. We'll be back to talk IU hoops again with you. Uh, Let's talk about that. Maybe tomorrow. But until then. Take it from me, Yogi Ferrell. Keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim. And go Hoosiers. Well, Andy, unfortunately, we don't get to have the big scheduling question of what do we do for a post-game show if we play in the Big Ten Tournament Championship game. Someday, we will have to face that. Um, but I think we usually... In the past, we, we were we were attempting to come to the grips of uh, what if I use playing in this? That's when Mallory's play is. So obviously, we would go to the play. But uh, <laughs> I was like, it would be something if they finally made it, and then I would, I would not watch it, which yes. maybe would be a good thing. I don't know. No, you would have to go to the play. Um, Absolutely. Are you... We should probably we should try and do something. Um, are you up tomorrow night if we do something later on? Uh, I'll usually fall asleep on that Sunday about seven thirty p.m. Uh, after the. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> uh, yeah, we probably can. I I just need to figure out when we're going to be home, and okay. it, it probably need to be a little bit a little bit later. Would be my guess. All right. Um, well, let's uh, pending. We, we'll get a text exchange. So we we can everybody. yeah we can text about it and figure it out. But yeah, I probably can do something. That just we just got to figure out what the yeah. But as you're to be. those of you listening to this, we probably will do something. It, it might be right after the selection show or it might be a little bit later in the evening, but we will do something, uh, you know, break down, obviously, Indiana's path and the bracket and have fun doing all that stuff. And then we'll probably have some more impromptu shows over the next few, uh, you know, the next week or so. So keep your eyes on the Twitter account, Twitter might, uh, slash assembly might even call. be good. Might even be good to wait. Uh, I, I don't know what the time is, but the women's selection show is tomorrow evening as well after yes. the men's one. So. Might even yep. wait. Make sense to wait and do it after. We could have a quick one, and maybe Jeff and Kathy could. Yeah, it's a good idea. A I probably have to do bedtime well. anyway, so I probably won't even be ready till. I don't, like I don't know when it is. I don't know when it. I don't know when it is. Uh, the it's right after show. the might be, might be. Might be. Yeah, it's seven or eight. I think. Um, yeah, potentially. So I don't yeah, know. Right we'll look into it. Then. We'll figure it out. All right, but we will most likely do something. So keep your eyes peeled, uh, and even if you don't want to participate in that live, you'll see it pop up in your podcast feed at some point. All right, Andy. Good luck getting another uh awesome bracket turned in we wish you the best all right appreciate it need i'm definitely rooting for the bracket at this point more than anything else so <laughs> whatever whatever makes me have to do the least work is the outcome that i want to see happen so hey what is uh is a and m in um i haven't looked they, they might be um there was a couple teams toward the end i think the big 10 will be interesting to see uh, there's some folks who have Rutgers in pretty comfortably. I, I just find that pretty hard to believe. I think if Rutgers or Michigan get in, I think they're going to Dayton. Um, I tend to feel like Dayton is where they send some of the teams that are like, well, we're not totally sure that you should get in or you don't necessarily follow you know, the path of somebody we would normally let in, so we're going to make you go prove it. Um, yeah, here. I think that was a little bit the case with Michigan State last year. They were only three games over 500 and went there, and I know three games over 500 um, – Last year is a little bit different, just given some some of the scheduling quirks. But um, yeah. Michigan's metrics are awesome, but I just don't know that um, three games over five hundred. They're not in Dayton, and then Rutgers has got the highest net or RPI, I think, um, of anybody that would get in. So they've got great wins, but all their metrics are pretty bad. So again, yeah. a little bit hard to believe you'd totally leave a team out that has that many quality wins, but you're also as you're trying to project what they're doing or projecting something that's never happened before. So. Uh, a little bit goofy, but I think, yeah, I could see A&M maybe over a Notre Dame or somebody like that. Um, you know, there's a part of me that says they're going to make a decision on that tonight and they won't wait to see 
you know, if they're yeah. in, they're in. And if they're, they're not, they're not. Um, so we'll, we'll kind of see. Um, anyway, hmm. but, uh, yeah, so we'll see, we'll see what happens, but they're, they're right there. They'd be probably last team in first team out right about now. I would, yeah. I would guess just kind of based on where they were at the start of the day and trying not to jump teams too terribly much. Um, so anyway, all right, man. Well, good luck getting all that in there. I'll give Heather the good news. She'll be excited to hear that uh, <laughs> that they're probably in. But yeah. all right. Well, thanks for being here, everybody. We will talk to you all tomorrow at some point. All right. Take care. Sounds good. All right. See you all. Thanks. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. Auto Trader.